time to watch a movie you've never seen. There might be some ninjas or a crazy death machine, but there will be smiles and there will be tears. You won't watch another movie for about 800 years. It's time for death by video. video i'm phil i'm kit i'm lillian and i'm graham welcome you back to our another episode of death by video today we're going to be looking at uh, in our continuing series of kung fu movies from countries that don't produce kung fu the sword in the claw from turkey from 1975 i think anyways um uh, apologize for our audio issues. It's very hot in the city of Toronto this week, and uh, we have several fans on in the old abandoned video store. Actually, let's be honest. We're not recording from the abandoned video store. We're recording from my apartment, which I am officially dubbing the Cave of Cinema. So I'm going to call this from now on. This is the Cave of Cinema. Nice. How's everyone? Not, do- not the Cinema Cave. Not the Cinema Cave. It's the Cave of Cinema. Okay. Yeah, just to be clear. So yeah, so how's wow, everyone? You really had me fooled, but little by little, I was kind of, uh, kind of... The the, the the piece was unraveling. Yes, the clues were all unfurling, and the mystery was answered. Yeah, I wanted to, to maybe say, like, you know, we're recording live from my studio apartment, but that's a Colt Cabana shtick on his Art of Wrestling podcast, so I don't want to do that. Um, so I'm going to quickly run through some trivia on The Sword in the Claw before we get into it. Um, so The Sword in the Claw from 1975. Yes, I got it right. The original title of this film was, and I'm going to mispronounce this horrendously because there's all kinds of like accents on this I don't know, Kilik Aslan, which means Lion Man. When it was uh, briefly released to the NYC Grindhouses and possibly Southern Drive-Ins in 1982, it was retitled The Sword in the Claw. One of the most notable things about the movie is that it stars Chunyet Arkin, who is best known for being the lead actor in the film Dunyai Kurtan Adam, in English... That means the man who saves the world, which is better known as Turkish Star Wars, which uh, both Kit and I have seen, which I've not unleashed in the rest of you guys yet. Yeah, you got me that for my uh, birthday one time. Oh, I remember that. We got you Turkish Star Wars. Yeah, and it I sat a, down and watched it. It's oh, two and a half two and hours, and a half hours long. long. Did you like it? Not really. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's got some really hilarious parts, like when he's training himself and he's just he's, like, yeah. like uh, throwing those really obviously like styrofoam rocks. Uh, around the perfectly and like, square yeah. rocks that are like painted differently, yeah, that are painted silver, yeah. And and, and uh, uh, what I what I most remember about it is about halfway through the movie, thirty children are murdered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the adventure continues. Yeah, I know it was kind of like he didn't even really like brutal, like, like brutal, they're laying on the floor, blood everywhere. Blood. Yeah, yeah. No, it uh, and then it just continues on its wacky Turkish way. Um, well, I'm curious to see what this is going to be. <laughs> oh, this is something special. Um, so, the actor Kunian Arkin, uh, he was incredibly prolific with over 322 IMDb credits to his name. Most of his credits are from the 70s onward uh, and featured, a, a, uh, featured him doing a form of martial arts which is a bit suspect at best. 
um, as Kit can attest to from um, from Turkish Star Wars, and we will attest to after watching The Sword in the Claw. Oh, we should uh, we should say for the listeners that don't know, it's called mm-hmm. Turkish Star Wars. Why? Uh, because they wholeheartedly not. It's not like they homage Star Wars. They use footage from Star Wars. Yeah. They just steal it and put it behind a character's head as he's like yeah, that's allegedly flying around in a spaceship. So there's like Star Destroyers, there's yeah. the, uh, the Death Star, there's all sorts of little action sequences yeah. from Star Wars just kind of woven in. Yeah, and they use uh, some of the Star Wars music. They also use the Superman the theme. Band, Indiana Jones Indiana music, Jones yeah. quite a bit. And in the actual footage copied in, like edited yeah, yeah, in. Yeah, oh, and, yeah, yeah. And the music. Like, and the music. Like reenacted or anything. No, no. no. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah, like dun 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 dun, 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 dun. dun. You'll just hear that all As of a sudden. As he's like training or fighting a giant <laughs> man wearing a carpet. Exactly. Like a melange. Uh, sure. Sure. Yeah. No, it's it's something like there's actually a, a documentary called. Sorry, I just love saying that word. Melange. Thanks for the opportunity. Leave the house. That's a uh, one of the ghosts saying that. Um. So. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So, like, there's a documentary about that whole thing because there were so many Turkish ripoffs, which I'll get into later on in my notes. Um, it's called uh, Remix rip- uh, re- Remake Ripoff Remix, um, which is about the entire uh, Turkish film industry and how they, like, just basically stole scenes from other movies and put them in their films and just didn't give a crap about copyright. Like, they did a Turkish Superman film with him in a Superman costume with the Super- John Williams Superman theme playing the whole time. Um... <laughs> So, uh, continuing on, uh, Kunyet Arkin, uh, he was, he, it's actually said that he has a PhD in medicine. He originally toured with the circus, learning, um, acrobatics, tumbles, and gymnastics, which he employs in his films. Allegedly, he does all of his own stunts and has broken nearly every single bone in his body as a result, way before Jackie Chan. Uh, this film was directed by Natir Baitan, who had many collaborations with uh, Sunyat Arkin. He sadly passed away in 1986 uh, after a career spanning uh, with 75 directing credits, um, all as a part of Turkish cinema. As we were saying early, Turkish cinema from the 70s through the 80s was populated by a lot of knockoffs and straight-up ripoffs of more popular Western cinema. Uh, this resulted in such cult films as the aforementioned Turkish Star Wars, as well as Olum Son Adam, a.k.a. Turkish Mad Max, Superman... Donior, aka Turkish Superman, and Satan, the Turkish exorcist, among many, many others. So, and this is interesting because this film, as far as I know, the print that they found that they used for this uh, scan that uh, the American Genre Film Archive put out is the only known print in existence. So they're not even sure. This might have been, they might have only been one copy made to play the grind houses in New York City, and this is the only one, and they were able to preserve it and like show it. It's the only English dub in existence for sure. And in Turkey, they didn't really hold on to their 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 uh, action films, so it's probably the the last one in existence. But now it's been digitally preserved in this wonderful 4K restoration. So, guys, before we get into it, has anybody seen anything good since we last recorded? Phil, take I've it away. I've seen a lot of good stuff because <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. And yeah. I do have to apologize to our listeners. Uh, you know, it's hard. We all have different schedules, and sometimes we just can't make it work to all get together. And we're trying more and more not to have episodes missing any of the of our four corners of this, you know, podcast wrestling ring. We love you, listeners. Yes. So we're trying our we're trying our best to all be together. Um, and uh, but yeah, so I apologize. We're gonna we're gonna try and keep it on track for. We'll get the definitely get the next episode out within a week, and uh, we'll move on to our next series, which I'm really excited for because the uh, 
We're going to change things up a little bit. Yeah, so in the wake of Karate Warrior 6, I decided to watch some genuine, couple genuine kung fu nice. movies. So I <laughs> Nice watched, one, Bill. <laughs> so I watched The Mystery of Chess Boxing. I don't know that one. It uh, inspired the Wu-Tang song, The Mystery of Chess Boxing. Nice. A game of chess is like a sword fight. You must think first, before you move. Boom style is immensely strong and immune to nearly any weapon. When it's properly used, it's almost invincible. I'ma give it to ya, with no trivia Roll like cocaine straight from Bolivia My hip-hop will rock and shock the nation Like the Emancipation Proclamation We MCs approach with slang this day Although none of, there are no dialogue samples from that movie in that particular song Although it has been sampled elsewhere mm-hmm. There you go And I saw the Seven Grandmasters Nice That was a fun one Both of those are on Canopy Um Mm-hmm. There's some good kung fu. I watched uh, Kung Fu Zombie on Canopy, which was eh, not that great. It was kind of a, a, re- a remake of Spooky Encounters or Encounters of the Spooky Kind uh, by Sammo Hung, which was a loose uh, remake of The Ghost and Mr. Chicken starring Don Knotts. I watched um, the two Monty Hellman westerns produced for uh, Rod, done for Roger Corman. Oh, nice. Uh, both with Jack Nicholson, uh, The Shooting and Ride in the Whirlwind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Messiah of Evil on the big screen. Nice, which I missed, and I'm so sad because I have a DVD that is labeled digitally remastered, and that shit is not remastered at all. It's impossible to watch. It, it, it was looking rough. That yeah. The, it looked like was a it YouTube at least wide, widescreen? No. no. Oh, crap. No, it looked like a YouTube rip, like, blown up, so it looked really pixelated. Oh, that's unfortunate. Um... Rewatched matinee of the movie nights. Oh uh, yeah, that was uh, in a very special screening. Mm-hmm. Um, rewatched Ghost Dog. Nice. Yeah, I think you were telling me about that Ghost Dog: The Way of the Samurai, the fantastic Jim Jarmusch film. Uh, it was Riza or Jizza that did the soundtrack. It was Riza, right? It was Riza. Riza did the soundtrack, and he also has an appearance in the film briefly. He does, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is probably his most underrated movie. Mm-hmm. Um, That's quite good. Saw Over the Edge for the first time on the big screen. Oh, yeah, I was it with you for that. one of my favorites. It was uh, really good, yeah. It was a really good 35mm print. Mm-hmm. Um, Lightbox has been killing it with their prints lately. Like, they had mm-hmm. some... I, I went to go see a pink uh, print of Martin back uh, four or five years ago, and, like, some really rough prints there a while ago. They're killing it lately, though. Their prints yeah, are in good shape. nice. Um, I saw The Cotton Club. Oh, the Francis Ford Coppola film. Yeah. With uh, Gregory Hines and I want to say Richard Gere. Gere and, his, and Diane Lane. Right, right, right. There's everybody in that movie. Bob Hoskins and Nick Cage. Even I'm in that movie. Yes. Uh, yeah, how are you in that film, Graham? Do tell. Well, I was kidding. It came up before I was born. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought it was going to be revealed that there's a Graham Shepard in the movie, which would have been funny. Jason but, Bateman okay. in the movie? I don't think so. I look like Jason Bateman. No, you just kind of remind me of him sometimes. <laughs> you don't look like him. You just he remind looks like him. Just like in Arrested yeah. Development where he's like kind of trying to pretend to be a nice guy, but it's really a sleazebag. <laughs> paint it any way you want to paint it. <laughs> oh, I missed you guys. Uh, me too. I got to say it's really nice to be back. Uh, here, here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Keep going, Phil. I saw Electric Boogaloo. Nice. Not to be confused with Breaking Break 2 Electric, electric Boogaloo. Boogaloo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Love that documentary. For a second time on the big screen, I, but first time in 35mm, To Live and Die in L.A. Yeah, I was with you for that as well. That was a gorgeous print as well. Oh, and that was that so was, good. I just, I love that screening because it was a TIFF Cinematech screening, which is normally very stuffy, very like, don't bring in food or drink, only bottled water. And there was one guy that shushed people during the, the intro. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. I know, but the best thing is, is like... It's the Neon Dream Cinema Club people from the Royal that were all all there for this because it was kind of presented by the same guy that that programs Neon Dreams, and so everybody there like had beers and popcorn and shit, and we're just like laughing and yucking it up, and it's just sort of like I could just feel certain people in the audience getting really, really like, why are they doing this? Where did these cretins come from? And plus, I said, there's a dude who was like wearing a Return of the Living Dead Part Two shirt. I know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I was sitting, Adam Agoyan sat next to me, which is yes, that's right. I was resisting the urge to say, hey, your episode of Friday the Thirteenth the series was the bomb. But all your movies are boring. Terrible. I know. <laughs> Except for <laughs> wow, throwing some shade. It's like he's your own personal James Cameron. He's not that bad. I haven't seen The Sweet Hereafter, for example, so James I can't Cameron really sucks. comment. That was his big film. It wasn't bad. Exotica was boring as shit, though. Oh, I know. Yeah, but we all, we all watched that there was 13-year-old boys <laughs> thinking it was going to be something different. Yeah, the showcase. Yeah, yeah Exotica. And then it's like a meditative drama about Turkish alienation. Or no, the, the, the no, Armenian alienation. Oh, there you go. Okay. Slight difference. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Um, and uh, on the weekend, I also saw Sorry to Bother You. Oh, cool. How was that? How was that? I want to know. I, I really enjoyed the first two thirds. It goes off the rails in the third act, but I still really enjoyed it. Ah, uh, third acts are hard. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Keith Stanfield, uh, Tessa Thompson, Danny Glover, uh, Army Hammer. The voice of David Cross. The voice yeah. of David Cross and the voice of Patton Oswalt. That's correct. Yep. And. Uh, few other people whose names are escaping me now it's now did that premiere was that that, that premiere at south by southwest or was that a sundance it was premiere? a sundance movie yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. a directorial debut of boots riley from mm-hmm. the hip-hop duo the coup yeah yeah yeah. marxist hip-hop nice all right and have you seen anything else uh i've seen a couple of other movies but uh, nothing movies worth I talking about i well i saw jungle fear for the first time um never seen it it's a mix it's half great half really bad <laughs> Remember, is Samuel Jackson a crackhead in that one? Is yes, that, yeah. he is. And uh, it's funny that you mentioned barely it. seen it, barely seen it. Both. It's funny that you mentioned that because Samuel L. Jackson just got out of rehab. Oh dear, I didn't even know he had a problem. Oh yeah, like in the eighties, he. I didn't oh, know, when, not, when, not, not when, currently, okay, okay. not currently. No, 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 no. Like, oh, he's, he's fine. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> this movie came out in ninety one. So. Oh, I thought you were when talking about now. It, I see. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. yeah everyone did. did. I. It wasn't until I keyed in, like, he, I'm like, I think he meant back in the day, because, like, I haven't heard anything about Samuel Jackson being no, in no, rehab yeah. lately. No, in, in his early Not days. Not that we'd be the first uh, <laughs> that he would call and, and say so. In his early days, hey, he man, had we're bringing back his middle name, Leroy. Hey, he waved to me one time, guys. Um, nice. Uh, I, was, uh, I was working in a little place uh, downtown, and uh, they like to shoot stuff there, regu- like, usual, on a pretty usual basis and Brian Adams was filming a video there too nice uh, <laughs> um, but um, yeah they were they were shooting uh, the man or something with uh, Eugene Levy right, that one yeah yeah anyway sorry didn't Mystery Science Theater do an episode about that one the man no no okay. no, no they were off the air when that came out All right. yeah yeah 
Maybe it was Rift Tracks, or maybe it was like cin- uh, Cinematic Titanic, like one of the spinoffs. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, and I watched, uh, not movies, but I watched uh, season two of Glow, which I liked even better than the first season. Cool. I watched it as well. It was good. Kit, what have you seen since we last recorded? I can't even remember <coughs> all the films that I saw, because, I mean, it's I must have seen some films. Me neither. Yeah. I'm trying to remember them, but I'm too interested in hearing what Phil's <laughs> watched, so... Well, well I, I did tell you like, you watched Matinee. I did oh, yes. watch Matinee, yes, of course. Yes, I thought, yes. well, okay, yeah. I did see Matinee, which I'd seen before when I was a kid, yes. uh, with John Goodman and uh, some other people. Uh, who's the director of that one? It's Joe um, freaking Dante. Joe Dante, of course, of Gremlins fame. And Gremlins 2, mm-hmm. the new batch. The new Don't batch. the great Moriarty. Oh, yeah, she's fabulous. Yes. She was. Right. Yes. What was her first name again? Kathy. Kathy Moriarty. Kathy Moriarty. Yeah, Moriarty. She's yes. great. Uh, but last night, I did get to go to the Christy Pitts Film Festival. Oh, so you saw Wong Kar Wai's, or Kar Wai Wong as he's known in China. Uh, yeah, uh, presented by Cinematic Cities and Toronto mm-hmm. Dorf Picture Show. Uh, Wong Kar Wai's um, In the Mood for Love. How is that held up? Because I, I last saw that in university. Uh, I hadn't seen it before. It was my okay. first time seeing it. Um, I liked it. I mean, it's, 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 it's all muted emotions and... Mm-hmm. Vibrant colors and alleyways and going for. Do you know they noodles. actually shot that as like a ribald comedy, but then in editing realized it needs to be more focused on the affair. Yeah, but they these are two people who barely even have an affair. I think they almost like touch yeah. hands once in a car. That's it's the an emotional of it. affair. Don't th- yeah, isn't no, it no, no, that no, like I get their, it, I their get partners it. are having an affair? Their partners are having an affair with each other, and then they kind of explore how that might have happened. And it, mm-hmm. they don't like the movie doesn't hold your hand. You have yeah. to kind of figure all of this yeah, out put it together. Uh, because it's just scenes between the two and then mm-hmm. oh they're meeting in an alleyway oh they're getting noodles yeah uh, but it's beautiful and the soundtrack is fantastic yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so I give I give that a thumbs up really nice seeing it under the stars and mm-hmm. Chris Pitts Park I recommend going to that and donating if you can yep uh, it's a good thing it's neat living in a city and being able to I know do stuff like that I know it's like moments like like last night uh, for me as well like re- reiterated why I love living in a city like uh Went to a play, and then afterwards there was a outdoor uh, kind of like beer garden concert food marketplace we went to. It was really great. Oh, I saw some skater girl from New York City, and then just walked through the city. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Got a little romantic and sentimental there. <laughs> that sounds lovely. Mm-hmm. I've been meaning to catch movies at Christy Pitts Park. It's been a couple of years. Last one I caught was, like, I think, A League of Their Own. They, they've got mm-hmm. an interesting, like, like last week it was Casablanca. This week it's In the Mood for Love. And the next week They're it's... They're going with Romance this year? Well, next week it's Ocean's Eleven with George Clooney, so Ooh, go figure. Ooh, I love Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> I do. No, no, like, I love the Ocean's movies. I'm a, I'm a fan. Steven uh, Soderbergh, my boy. They, they started it off with Hairspray, the, the John Waters Hairspray, not the Not the, not the remake? One. Okay, that's cool. Both are good. So I guess it's not a... Full-on romance thing. No, it's just movies yeah. in the park. I don't know how they curate them. Because like last year was villains, right? And they had like random things like Nosferatu and. Well, a Nosferatu I saw a few years ago in the park. I don't know if it was last year. Yeah, it was a few years. Ago. Man, that was a, had a live band as well. A live band. It was really neat. Yeah, I'm also. I don't know. I'm. My brain cells are dying faster and faster every day. I can't remember what year it is. What year is it now, Graham? I don't know, but I just hope this Donald Trump guy doesn't get elected president. <laughs> I'm going to go back to 1993, Graham. Remember, remember 93, Graham, long-time listeners? <laughs> Bill Clinton here. The Clinton, yeah, I don't think... 
I don't think our listeners, I don't think we have the same <laughs> listeners from back then during our 1993 series when I became 1993 Graham who worked in a video store. That's before Lillian was on the podcast. That's like, that's what I like to call BL before Lillian. Um, <laughs> don't BL. Yeah. Don't BL the BLer. No. I don't so, think Kim Campbell will last as prime minister. You kidding me, man? She's got at least a good dozen years in her. She's going to be the next John Diefenbaker. Um, so, Kit, what else have you seen? Uh, that's it. Like, I rewatched, um, uh, oh, what, what the Inside Lewin Davis. Oh, okay, cool. Still like it. Yeah, solid film. Um, I like how it's the story of a guy who just is not Bob Dylan. He's, exactly. He just, he just, Apparently, he's based on Dave, Von Ron- Dave Van Ronk, who was yeah. again that was his one of his re- defining features was he was not Bob Dylan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's also a story of a man who doesn't get anywhere either. It just starts exactly where it begins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's neat. Cool. Good film. Awesome. William, what have you watched? I haven't seen it, but I heard it was good. You'd like it, I think. Yeah. And so, what have you seen since really we last recorded? Um, yeah, I've seen. Uh, seen a bunch but again I was you know too interested in catching up on what you guys have seen um, but uh, luckily I remember the last movie I watched which was Caliber and whoa it was have you guys heard of Caliber? No. It's. I've heard of it I haven't seen it. So it sounds like a Steven Seagal film. <laughs> no. It's um <laughs> It's good. It's on Netflix. Check it out. It, it was just like, I don't know. I was taken by a whole league moly. It's a it's a nightmare. What what kind of film is it? Like It's these two like longtime friends. Uh, I believe they're Scottish. I think it's a Scottish movie. Okay, it's a Scottish movie. Yeah, and uh, they're two lifetime friends go hunting and shit kind of goes wrong. All right, I'm like interested. in the biggest I'm intrigued. way. I'm intrigued. <laughs> Yeah, I heard, I heard it's being compared to The Ritual in a, in a way. The Ritual? That came out earlier this year on Netflix that was uh, British guys going to the woods. Oh, yes, I, I saw that. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to say anymore. Check it out. What was that Anthony Hopkins, like, Alec Baldwin film? The Edge. Edge. I saw that a year ago. That movie was awesome. It's got Bart the Bear. That's yeah. right. Oh, and did I tell you guys? Bill. I finally checked out Creep and Creep 2. Nice. Two thumbs up. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to finally have to watch these movies. Yeah, I was, uh, we were just talking to Graham. We were talking about the Duplass brothers before you guys got yeah. here, so I brought up uh, the Creep movies again. But yeah, Saturday, have you seen anything else, Lillian, besides Creep and Creep 2 and uh, Matinee and uh, Caliber? Oh, and uh, The Last Days on Mars? Oh, is that a new show? I think I've I think I've heard about that. It's not a new show. It's a movie with uh, Leah Schreiber, Elias Cotillas. Speaking of exotic, oh nice, <laughs> Casey Jones, nice. bringing it all back to I now am one degree away from Elias Cotillas because I sat next to Adam McGoyan Oh, is he at uh, the movie? Yeah, he was an exotica. But and I was, believe uh, I went to high school with the lead uh, actress Mia Mia Kirshner's sister. Oh yeah, Lauren no Kirshner. She went to Northern. Yeah. 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 You Toronto kids and your famous people that you went to high school with. Oh, please. <laughs> there's uh, famous people everywhere. <laughs> oh, I also, speaking of which, I, I, I went to go see The Tempest at Stratford. Oh, nice. How was it? It was really nice. Uh, Martha Henry is the uh, Prospero. Uh, mm-hmm. She started out on the stage playing uh, Prospero's daughter way Ooh, back in the day. Stuff. So 
come full circle. So did they do a full gender swap with this uh, yep. with this one? Nice. Yep. I'm always interested to see that. You said uh, mother instead of father and all that stuff. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I uh, I saw a uh, production of King Lear that was an entirely native cast, and it was done that entirely in the style like their dress was native dress. Their whole situation was like native situation, but they didn't change from like king and lord and all that shit. I, I saw I saw King Lear at Stratford with Colmfioras as King Lear, Ooh. who I also saw in the audience for uh, the Tempest. Cool, good stuff. I saw a performance of The Tempest at uh, Shakespeare in the Park. That was really good. Mm-hmm. I did when I was a kid. I was just thinking that, too. Uh, probably Guys, not the same performance. But. No. Are we going to have to start DBT, Death by Theater? <laughs> I think so. DBS, M- Death by Shakespeare. T- <laughs> Next week, um, Romeo and Juliet, directed by Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> no. Coming up, Pygmalion. No, no, no. Ten Things I Hate About You. No, oh, that's a good one. Coming up, shoot me now. Just kidding. Oh. Um, okay, so, uh, Lillian, you're done. Should I start with what I've seen since yes. we last recorded? That's going to take an hour. You might as well start. <laughs> so, I rewatched the documentary Machete Maidens Unleashed, which is about the Filipino exploitation in film industry, which was basically kickstarted by a bunch of Americans that were like, where's a cheap place where we can shoot, have access to a military, and all kind and like where our dollar would go really far? And they realized, oh, the Philippines. So that's where films like The Big Bird Cage, The Big Doll House, Apocalypse Now was like use, utilize that same thing. Um, Raw Force was another one. Uh, a ton. They they introduced uh, Chiro Santiago, who is this like kind of he was a Filipino original film director who directed a lot of post-apocalyptic Mad Max rock, knock, Mad Max knockoffs. Sorry, guys, I can't talk tonight for some reason. Um, and he also directed Up From... I think it was Up From the Depths or Terror in Paradise, uh, some Roger Corman fish monster movie, which was pretty fun. I then followed that up with the uh, the film Downrage, which is directed by Rumi Kitmore, the guy that directed um, Godzilla Final Wars. This is, uh, I think, his second English-language film because he also did uh, Midnight Meat Train. Um, and it's uh, a nice little potboiler about a minivan full of people just going for a ride. They're going along a back road, and they get their tire shot out. And then they're basically, like, have to, like, survive hiding by the side of the road while a sniper, like, targets them and pins them down. Um, I went on to watch, uh, actually, with, uh, with Lillian's sister, Ermina, we saw some anthology at the Royal Cinema, which was a uh, collection, an anthology film, which is a collection of shorts, which... You know, it, it, it was kind of okay. There was some good stuff. There was some all right stuff. There was some not so good stuff. There was some stuff that, you know, made us not happy with our choices. Um, then I went on to watch uh, Der Robber, which was a German film about a, um, a prisoner who becomes really good at running long distances. It's actually based on a true story. He won several marathons in Europe. But at the same time he was running marathons, he was also robbing banks and, like, utilized his endurance to, like, run away, keep running, stay running, so that he never stopped and got caught until he did. Uh, I watched The Amazing Beyond the Gates, which is a nice little uh, horror picture starring Graham Skipper and Barbara Crampton and uh, Bria Grant um, about a haunted VHS board game. At least that's the, the hook to get you to watch it. It's really about two brothers dealing with the grief of their father dying. But it's great. Um, we watched Matinee. I watched the first Purge. I love the Purge movies. I've never seen the first one, which apparently is the weakest of the bunch. But I love that with the first Purge, they are literally just it's saying got Ethan Hawke in it, right? That's, in the first yeah. one, yeah, yeah. And this, and all the sequels, no. Um, and with this one, which is a prequel, like because they always that's the only one I've seen. If if is it only one that he's in? Yeah, yeah it's only the first one. Um, so oh, you should see the others because they're really, really good. Yeah. yeah, they're better than like everyone's told me. Like the first one, they're kind of like meh. The sequel, uh, The Purge Anarchy, is awesome. It's like a John Carpenter Escape from New York type deal. 
Uh, I loved election year. It's funny how like the movies have been like steadily kind of like slowly letting a little bit of like contemporary politics drip into it. And then with this one, they were like, no, this is all about Trump and the current like right wing situation and how it's going to spiral out of control. And at first you're like, that's crazy. It could never happen. And then they like slowly th- like because the first purge the film it's not like the entire country has 12 hours of lawlessness it's this one like island it's a staten island in new york that they um that they like run this experiment under where they offer people we'll give you five thousand dollars to stay and take care like take part in the purge and like they run it like an experiment and for the first few hours nothing happens then the block parties start and then one person gets murdered it still doesn't result in what they do and then basically they bring send in like mercenaries to go in and like fictionalized shows like people need this thing whereas it's really population control to keep the population down so that they can keep their um but it's the poor people that die off obviously so that they can keep their basically the rich can keep getting rich the poor can just die off and disappear and the they were so pointed in this film because it's about this political party called the new founding fathers of america and in it they like openly state like and they were primarily funded like almost entirely funded by the nra so yeah, it's good. It's political, and they're so the, those movies. I don't want to say they're fun, but they like they always tease more torture and brutality than they actually like uh, show. So it's much more like leading up like tension. Like how do we escape from the scenario? So it's they're fun. I also watched Sicario, which is a big bag of depression. Um, good, but depressing. Yeah, it's a bleak movie. It's yeah. great though. You gearing up to see the second one? The uh, what's I, I it was called? thinking Sicario. What is it called? Sa- Day of the Sicario. Soldado. Yeah, that's Day right. of Soldado. <laughs> Sicario Two. Electric Boogaloo. Isn't, Sic- isn't Sicario but, mean assassin? Yeah, and so- Day of the Soldado is, is soldier. Yeah, but the thing about assassin Day of the Soldier. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> that the problem. Like a great the problem Chuck with, Norris with movie from Sicario the 90s. Two is that. They focused on James Brolin's character and Benicio del Toro's character. They're the bad guys in Sicario. I don't want to see those two scumbags. Like, be the good guys. Be the good yeah. guys. It doesn't make sense. What happened? Oh, just five minutes. Oh, okay. She was watching a movie. No, 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 nothing. Yeah, I've uh, Phil. I remember you were saying you really liked it. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been meaning to check it out. I haven't yet. Yeah, it's good. I like the I like the how they get into the whole like intricacy of like how the drug war works and how it's essentially a self fulfilling prophecy but at the end i'm like man you gotta like it's a movie you gotta give something to the good guys you gotta give something you gotta give some somebody a little bit of hope you can't just send them out there to like go home and commit suicide after watching a movie um that's maybe a bit extreme um i also watched (laughs) uh the david dakota film from the 1980s creepazoids which is essentially just alien in a factory um it's fun uh it's short it's like the 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 DVD case advertised was 72 minutes long. It clocked in at a solid 65 minutes because, like, at minute 50, all the characters except for one are dead, and I'm like, there's no plot left. Like, you're done. There's nowhere for this to go. And then they just, like, slowly milk it out until minute 61, and then um, and then the uh, they just roll credits for, like, a good seven minutes. Pat out outtakes. Dance no outtakes. No? Just, okay. just, just credits. In case you're exaggerating in any way, that was a funny, funny, funny description. <laughs> I wish I was. It's it's reality. Um, and I watched the aforementioned Over the Edge with um, with Phil at the Lightbox. Um, and I watched Abel Ferreira's The Addiction on its new Blu-ray from Arrow video, that which is a awesome. gorgeous transfer. Really good movie. We'll watch it sooner or later. Um, and then the reason why I haven't watched too many other movies because it feel it's been three weeks since we last recorded. Actually, it's almost been a month since we last recorded. What am I talking about? Um, 
but the reason why I haven't watched so many movies is because like so much of my time has been, has been taken up watching the documentary Crystal Lake Memories, which is six and a half hours long, and it is about the entirety of the Friday the Thirteenth series. It's no stone is left unturned. The stories they tell are amazing, especially about part five, which is super sleazy. And the director is sleazy. They interview the director, and he shows up for this direct this interview about his movie, thirty years later, wearing a tattered green hoodie, unzipped halfway down the chest, no shirt underneath, and just a ratty baseball cap with like horrible hair matted everywhere. Um, he was a former pornographic director who uh, everyone is kind of like in the documentary. No one wants to take credit for hiring him. Like everyone, the producers like, I don't know where he came from. The other producers like, yeah, he got re- recommended by someone as if he could do it. Everybody involved with this is like, we have no idea where this guy came from. And then it was the last one we ever directed. So he kind of just like disappeared afterwards. The actresses would talk about like, he would just be like, okay, so like undo a button, undo another one, another one, another one. And, she, and she's like, do you want me to take my top off? And he's like, what do you think I'm telling you to do? Like, just super blunt. An actress got fired because she was hired, didn't have a nudity clause in her contract. He's like, okay, you're going to take your top off in this scene. And he and she was like, um, uh, I'm not opposed to nudity, but you're going to have to talk to my agent to, like, negotiate a, a nudity clause rate. And she was fired on the spot. Uh, they rehired her for Friday the 13th Part 6 as an apology. Um, but, yeah, even the editor was like, this guy was horrible. He was not a director. He was a, uh, a meat grinder, so to speak. Um, and then the last one I watched was the affirmation to live and die in LA in 35 millimeter at the light box, which was a great fun screening with Adam McGoyan sitting next to me. Um, I saw two plays in the last week. I saw dead talks and I saw, um, the joy of sax. Um, I enjoyed both. I liked <laughs> dead talks. Uh, uh, out of the two, I preferred dead talks. It, uh, dealt with, uh, sexual assault and, uh, some heavy, heavy stuff, but it was really good. So that being said, guys, uh, thank you for listening to us for our long, <laughs> rambling introduction. It's been, this is what happens when you don't record for a month. Um, I'm sorry I couldn't throw anything of the theater department for this, uh, for this segment. It's all good. good. Just good, meeting Graham. Good, good on you two for getting some theater. For being all arty and stuff. Yeah. Pretentious. Yeah. He went to Stratford, I went to Fringe. Somebody's got to wear the top hats in here. With pride. All right. One of us has to cover the Mervish circuit. <laughs> oh, actually, none of the productions we went to were Mervish. Were they? No. Nope. But that's okay. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so with all that being said, <laughs> let's watch the Sword and the Claw from 1975. We will be right back. <laughs> Lion Man. Lion Man's the son of Solomon. He was raised by lions. Organize ourselves to fight a war of revenge. Before sunrise tomorrow, make me two steel claws. Set them on the ends of these arms. Two steel claws, bigger and sharper than a lion's. And that was Sword in the Claw. So, guys, 
What did we all think of the sword and the claw? That was something. That was pretty cool. I like that. Okay, here's, here's I guess, how I'll break it down. I think we all mm-hmm. liked it, but we were all pleasantly surprised when we learned it was 20 minutes shorter than we <laughs> thought it was. <laughs> yeah, on the back of the box it says it's 109 minutes long, and it turned out to only be 87 minutes long. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and well, I'm pretty... It, it, it did its, uh, it did what it had to do. Got in there and got out. Um, it's, it's, got, it's got some wonky pacing, and then like yeah. it comes through in the last 20 minutes. Well, Phil, true to form, slept through uh, a couple of portions of the film. Which, but, but you there know what? There were fight sequences. Yeah. There's there no narrative development. And the fight sequences yeah, tend to be all the same. They're all just like, <laughs> his big move was jumping on a trampoline off camera and then bouncing in the frame. Yeah, well, okay. So uh, our, our main hero is King Solomon's bastard son. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's known as Lion Man. Yep. Lion style. Mm-hmm. Um, cute Wu-Tang Clan there. Uh, but his signature move is to just jump on two perfectly placed bad guys and then just, like, I don't know, like, claw their eyes sort out. of claw their face. With his bare fingers. Oh, no, am I going to have to defend this movie this whole night? No, 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 no I, 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 I dug it, 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 but, man, it's so campy and so, like... No, I love this movie. Like, that's, I... It was so, uh, it was almost like a ballet, right? It was just so theatrical, and uh, most of the moves were more wrestling than anything, I think we pointed out. Even more... There was more tumbling, more... More, like, I don't, I don't want to say choreographed, because I don't think it was, but it's just, like, more... Like oh, it was very choreographed. <laughs> repetitive, like yeah. jump on these two bad guys, well, what I, jump on these two bad the, guys, jump move, on these right? two bad that guys. Was that, the, was the big that was the big one. And then he would like you would see a shot of him tumbling through the air, but well, that wouldn't connect with is, any other. It sort of seems like this was the uh, well, it was like adapted from a stage play or something because there are like <laughs> certain sets we keep we keep coming back to the cut like the the fighting tends to be repetitive. It seems like it was more of a a stage play that got adapted into this, but I, I that's definitely not the case though. Well, especially no, the scene like I'm where like he's like is. doing like the somersaults. Well, on those cables. Uh. On the cables? What was it like when he's like the up balance in the bar? Yeah, the balance when he, bar. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. was there was some gymnastics. He used the rings. He used that. There was a zip line, yeah. which is all awesome stuff. Like I loved it. Like I remember the first time I watched this, and I and like I'm using what the are zip, those line. zip lines doing around the castles. They're there for when you need to like <laughs> to use them. Yes. Well, the one where he's ziplining and then he's like tossing Throwing knives. knives out of his because initially he had like six knives in his sash, then he ran out. I know it was great, and then he then he started like throwing more knives. He was reaching out his back pocket and his shirt. You thought that's it? He's got no more, but then he's continuing. He's on. not even There's throwing more. them well, though. He's just like. <laughs> and remember when he turned himself into a wheel? Yes. Remember? Yes, he's doing those backflips, and yeah, then yeah. the bad oh, guys yeah. are just running into his back. Right. Back feet yeah, that, that was that was when when he was on the was that when he was on the bar when he turned when he was on the bar yeah the bars yeah. Yeah, that was a little. It was like we realized this film was super like influential because it definitely influenced the Revenant, the uh, Leonardo <laughs> yeah. DiCaprio film, yeah. Prince of Thieves, Home Alone. Home Alone. There's a little. Um, there's a little little Jim Cotta in there with the bar with the bar and the rings. Um, what else did we say? Oh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which you already yep, mentioned. Yep. But yeah, so let's start it off. So this film is kind of biblically influenced, but not really. It features a King Solomon. It features it's, it's a General Antoine, full of solid mustaches and beards. Yes, fantastic beards. turbans. Oh my god, the yes. turbans are, like, these things are, like, made of blanket. Mm-hmm. Did you see these things? Like a full blanket, yeah. Yeah. They look like something out of Mario and the Ice World. They do, they look like what Toad would wear if he wasn't, like, a toadstool. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Without the spots. It was good. Um, so we, we start in uh, in the middle of a battle sequence as King Solomon and his general Antoine are repelling a bunch of uh, enemy people that we don't know about. Uh, we go back to this castle that King Solomon is visiting before he's heading back to his pregnant wife. And while at the castle, 
he uh, he encounters a young woman who is very smitten with him and offers him some comfort. He well, ta- she saves him at, at that point somehow, and she says, oh, by the way, or she appears in his room. She, she appears in his room. Uh, yeah, I'm on your side, and oh, by the way, I have a huge crush on you. <laughs> Pretty much, right? There's a huge, we, I have a huge crush on you, and, and check out this bed right here. Well, that's where, yeah, yeah, that's where she was waiting. Yeah. Uh, we've also met our villain commander, and Antoine, Antoine, right? Yes, Antoine. He of the devilish mustache. And very on-point vest game. His vest game was great throughout the movie. Like, Agreed. I kind of wanted to root for him a little bit just because his vests were so awesome. Um, they were on fleek, as the kids say. Um, <laughs> I went there. Take it away. Who wants to do this first? Uh, Lillian. What? What are we taking away? The plot. The so, plot. So after... Um, so there's... Okay, I'll take it away. Go ahead, Kit. Give it away. Give it away now. <laughs> Little RCHP. Yeah, I was trying to... I was discussing what's the most iconic, even if you hate RCHP, what's the most... I- Under most the bridge. Red Hot Chili Pepper song of them all. I think it has to be Give It Away. Yes. Not so much... You gotta give it to your mama. It's got everything they're known for. I love how in The Simpsons... Under the Bridge, which but, Weird Al fused together on yes. the Bedrock Anthem. Yes, Bedrock That's Anthem. Yabba-dabba, yabba-dabba, yabba-dabba now. Well, come on, Kit. Give it away. Okay. Uh, we're getting there. Tear um, his arm. Tear your arm yeah, off. Yeah, the vests are on point. Your hand. Solid mustache. Um... Yeah, so Antoine, he's, uh, he, okay. He's so plotting. He's jealous he's, of King plotting. Solomon's, like, success. The blonde woman who, he's the uh, scar in this. The blonde woman yeah. who slept with Solomon. Oh, my God, this is the Lion King. No, not necessarily, but you see all those classic themes. It uh, is, just it is the Lion around. King. It's pretty close. But um, uh, she is forced to marry. Um, so this is after she has bedded King Solomon, and he She's forced to marry back. Commander Antoine for whatever reason. Political reasons. Political reasons, yeah. She doesn't want to, but then... Then they're like, they we know that she's going to be in that society, yeah. so, they, so they did it. Um, forced monogamy. Mm-hmm. Somebody's dream And then there. he... Shut up. And then he... Uh, not me, not me. And then... And then he... Yeah, so he, he, he forced he marriages. He does a coup. Yeah. He goes... So anyways, King Solomon returns to his pr- very pregnant wife, <clears throat> and... General Antoine launches a coup where he attacks King Solomon in his home territory. And he does it. He's like, here's a bunch of gifts. Bring a treasure chest, two treasure chests, and this... Mosquito Slayer in the house. Okay, that was very good. Have no fear, everybody. Mid-air, Lillian took it out. Mid-air. So Antoine brings uh, to the, to the I don't know, the turbaned royalty. Mm-hmm. The, them of gifts. the blanket turbans. Uh, he brings them two treasure chests and this lovely carpet. Uh, carpet. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to un- unfurl this carpet. And we think it's going to be like Cleopatra nude inside or mm-hmm. something. But no, it's a guy with a dagger that he throws, which does stick King Solomon. But King Solomon just like... And it's at this point that I realize, this is my second time seeing this film, that King Solomon is played by the same actor that plays our hero Lion Man later on, who also played lead in Turkish Star Wars, who I'm just going to call Turkish Star Wars now, and that's his name. Second try to... Okay, so we called him anywhere yeah. from Turkish Rob Lowe try, but, you know. to, uh, Tur- I was thinking a little... Uh, Robert Downey well, Jr. Phil brought up uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, which I think mm-hmm. is pretty on point. Someone mentioned Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> and I think I won it when I said Turkish Ian McShane. Like, young Turkish young Ian Turkish McShane. Young Turkish Ian yes. McShane, yeah. Yes, that, that is exactly who mm-hmm. this guy looks like. Yep. Anyway, so um, he, and uh, by the way, we should point out the, uh, we watched a dubbed version, pardon me, by the way. Yes, the only version available in North America. I think the only and version available left. this has got to be the, the laziest dubbing. Yeah, all the actors. It is so passionless. 
but but the thing is, the film still won us over, even with that that lazy dubbing. There's a, like as they're describing the whole situation of like. There's a scene where King Solomon faces off with Antoine. Um, uh, right before he gets his arms chopped off, but they have a yep. sword fight, and he's like, "You filthy worm, Antoine!" Like he's ordering pizza or yeah. something like that. It's the most yeah. Again, thing. that was uh, all very. It came out very theatrical for me, and it worked. I mean, it was all right. It didn't bother me. You mean the dubbing? Yeah. I, the dubbing, I think, heightened it a bit for me because I just love the fact that they were all like everyone was just kind of like reading the script for the first time yeah. as they're being recorded while trying to match the, <laughs> the lips on screen. Yeah, it's what will you do? I will kill myself. <laughs> that is too bad. You should not do that. It's your turn, Jim. <laughs> everyone knows that's where he will be. <laughs> well, what was that a little a little bit later? You you tramp, you maggot. What was it? Oh, yeah. You tramp, you maggot. But you were feeling those things, too, already, so it was all right that they were saying it so flat. <laughs> yeah, I do have to say, like, called I mean? bitches. Like the, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the B word is thrown speech. around. Yeah. The story and the way everything, the turn of events and all that crap just made you fuel and angry. Right? No, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, feist, I guess. It sufficed. So, yeah, so no, it, it, but I think like the emotions carried through. Like, these actors, all of they acted a lot with their eyes, which was amazing. Like, their eye acting was so great um, and so good. So, anyway, so um, King Solomon sends off his pregnant wife with, uh, with his, 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 like, number one dude. And he's like, take them to safety. Well, you must come, my lord. Well, no, I must stay and, and face them. So, King Solomon does this thing where he, like, holds the door shut and refuses to budge and like they put four men on him he refuses to budge they get six men on him trying to like pull him off he refuses to budge and then finally Antoine comes by with his sword hacks off King Solomon's hands kills him in cold blood and then they go to pursue King Solomon's uh, pregnant wife and uh, and best bud and uh, so they split up the woman gives birth uh, the dude takes the, the kid runs and hides him in the woods oh, we, th- we forgot about the willow influence here yeah, I've never seen Willow, but you guys seem to be You've really You've never out. seen Willow? Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, upcoming on Death by Video audience. Yeah. Before Leprechaun, there was Willow. Oh, that's so funny. I thought of Leprechaun the other day. The film's got everything in it. Yeah, what I like about the, the post-birth giving scene, like, somehow in a matter of... Uh, Seconds. Two seconds, she manages to clean the baby, cut the umbilical cord, wrap it in a blanket. The, the baby grows a full head of hair, yeah. Yeah, yeah she's calling to the, calling to what's-his-face there. She's like, I think it's coming, ah! Uh. And then, like, and then, hey, here's the baby. cut, here's the baby. And so he takes the baby and he runs in the woods. They find her, but she dies from, uh, she's, she's bled out during childbirth, apparently, yeah. as Kit so put it. Um, so our evil guys, Antoine and the and the lads, they find her. She's dead. They go into the woods, and then that's he when he tears her. He tears the necklace. And tears the does. necklace off because he, he doesn't wants, take it off. He just he rips, rips it, it off because he wants to give it to his his current bride. Um, I, I love how he. Uh, we'll get there. We'll yeah, well, yeah, it'll happen. <laughs> his reaction to her not liking it is amazing. Um, so then, uh, then uh, Solomon's buddy. Not necessarily. I think he just saw it as something of value, and then he later the scene that you're talking about. He but it's was like just okay. So he eventually gives it to his his wife, so his young so, wife. So after Antoine, okay, let's 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 work our way there. Okay. So. We see no, 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 Lil. We'll get there. Don't worry. We'll get there. So we, uh, so we're in the woods because I love this moment where 
uh, King Solomon's buddy just puts the baby like behind a bush and he's like I'm gonna lead him off this way and so he goes and like waves his hands in front of the bad guys he's like follow me this way and then he goes and runs into the woods and they follow him and then he like stands behind a tree as they all run by like it's a skit from the monkeys TV show from the 60s and then he pokes his head around the tree he's like ah they're gone and then he like goes back to the baby and he's like oh crap where's the baby and then we hear a lion roar and he's like I guess lions took him Um, (laughs) that's true and then exactly what happened folks and so then we cut back now is where we get to Antoine returns to his his pregnant wife who uh, has just 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 given given birth birth. just given birth as well and he holds out in front of her do you like this necklace and she's like yeah it's yeah, okay yeah, it's, it's good and he's like I took it from the dead body of Solomon's bride and she's like oh my god you're a thief you're a grave robber and he's like what you don't like this put her in the in the dungeon until she dies until she dies <laughs> it's like wait you why can I can't voice my disgust or something right like why would you tell her that you took it like this is basic dating 101 don't ever tell your current that you oh. you stole the, the jewelry that you're giving her off of a dead woman's body, that's just bad form. That is bad form. That's One really super bad, bad form. It should be like rule number seven in the dating rule book. Like, you, you can fudge it a little bit. Like, just don't tell the, don't, just don't, yeah. Like, like do take jewelry off a dead, dead person. Dead corpse, but just don't, don't, don't tell people where you got it from. tell your girlfriend, your, your, your bride that's just given birth to your son. Gross, ladies, don't accept uh, jewelry, okay? Thank you. So then, uh, so then we jump ahead in time and we see our little lion man out hanging with a lion, eating some like his feet, cute with his cute little shorts there that he's wearing. The, the furry shorts, yeah. <laughs> and then we jump ahead again to where we see that now Antoine's like adopted son has grown up to be this like big, uh, big bruiser guy who's like ordering people to be tortured in the middle of this small town for not paying their taxes. Then we cut back to the woods. No, we first are introduced to, we called her Turkish Lauren Graham, was that it? Uh, that's what we settled on, yeah. Yeah, yeah, She's like leader of the resistance, Le- hashtag yeah. resistance. Yeah, she's like the Princess Leia of the output. And then she's got another female friend who's kind of wishy-washy. Like she's, oh, she's, she's the daughter of... Um, oh, she's the daughter of the dude that left the, the, the baby. The, the Solomon's bud there. Solomon's... He had turban, turban guy. Head, turban head, yeah. yeah. Although that, that's, sound, that sounds, sounds so racist. Let's call him Turban Let's Guy. Sound. Yeah, Turban Guy. So Turban Guy... Uh, and these are epic <laughs> turbans. They're like at least three feet tall. They're beautiful turbans. Yes. Don't call them turbans. No, they're all like cloudy and uh, with a little red thingy on top. Yeah. yeah. They're awesome. They're magical so, kingdom like turbans cream. is what these are. On a cone. Yeah, they do look like vanilla ice cream. <laughs> yes. Very wonderful. So anyways, uh, turban fella's daughter sees this and she's like, we must strike now. And he's like, we do not have the men. And then at the same time... Uh, now grown-up lion guy, formerly Turkish Star Wars, now who we know as Turkish Ian McShane, is out in the <laughs> woods, like, hanging out, still hanging out with his lion buddies, and he, like, strikes an animal so hard he cuts the animal in half, rips out the intestines, and then goes and feed, get, throws, like, half of it to his lion pal, and then he eats the other half of the raw meat just right there. So, I mean, this is like The Revenant. Yep. Yeah, it, very totally, much so. 100%. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene later on in the movie which recalls The Revenant as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at this point, uh, daughter of Turban fella, he she decide um, she's hanging out with her friend who is dancing for the prince, uh, Antoine's son, uh, who is the sword of the sword and the claw because we realize that he's the sword and lion guy, lion man is the claw. Um, she, you know, the prince is like, oh, here's some money, thank you for the dance, and she's like, I don't dance for money, I dance for you. Yeah, she's in love with him. Yeah, she's got big eyes uh, for him, and then um, she's uh, his private dancer. 
You mean that eye acting you've been talking about? The private dancer dances for money. Uh, That's true. Do what you want me to do. Um, Yeah, pipe that into the background here. No. (laughs) So then, guys, help me out here. What happens next? Okay, so... um, uh, Lauren Graham comes in, <laughs> Turkish Lauren Graham. She comes in and serves um, the sword, the prince, the prince, Antoine's son, prince. the prince. Um, and she gives him the eyes, and he's like, "I'll take what I want." And she's like, "Not now, tomorrow." Um, but it ba- it's basically, if you've seen The Wire, it's it's how they tried to take out Marlo Stanfield in uh, the third season. How Avon Barksdale tried to take him out. That's how yep. she tries to take him out. So like, come meet me in the woods by yeah. this tree, by the lake. Tomorrow. And Everything then she hires totally a bunch fine. of dudes to, to take him out when he gets there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it works about as well as that does. Oh, earlier, didn't we see Lion Man defending Classic a bunch maneuvers. of... All around. Classic maneuvers throughout, right? Didn't we skip over Lion Man, like, defending, like, some, some he's homeless just, people? He's, like, defending anybody. Anyone in who's attacked, he yeah, basically yeah, steps in and is like, like hey, kind of chill that, chill that. Chili H out. Fur clad ninja, like I guess you'd call them uh, banditos. Banditos or uh, friggin' uh, assassins or Ronin, whatever bad you want to call them. Just bad guys, yeah. Mercenaries. Uh, they go out and they harass people and like rape women, and there's a pretty awful scene. Yeah, it, gets, it gets a little, it, it almost becomes a little last house on the left until our lion man he shows up. He comes in and saves the day and By saves d- us from that, having yes. to watch that. Uh, so we, we appreciate him for doing that. Um, and then he he runs away because he attacks them. He like he'll he'll attack twenty on one and he wins. But I, I guess he gets tired and he's like, all right, I gotta go. Yeah. And they chase him Back away. The woods and he runs up a tree. Uh, and then we cut to the next day. And, and that's when she's uh, that's Prince, when Prince Charming is out in the woods and he's like, where's mean, my lady love? Where's Lauren Graham? And then from there, Phil. Or were you asleep at this point? No, I wasn't asleep. I I, I can't remember this point in the movie. Lillian. Oh. Well, Lauren Graham signals okay. the attack. Um, they start attacking the prince and our, our boy, Lion uh, lion Man, who's been up the tree. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know this is the uh, resistance. He's like, oh, man, a, a, a man is being attacked by these rapey assassins that I just took on, so I'm going to take them on. But they're not the same rapey assassins. They're, they're freedom fighters in this oh, case. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they yeah, they're her the rebels. I know. They had to recycle those costumes, man. This was a budget <laughs> production. He basically saw ten against one and helped the one. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I, I make fights fair. Using his signature move, waiting till two guys scratch. get together, and then jumping on the both of them, yeah. and then waiting till another two guys get together, and then jumping on them and clawing their eyes out. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's always like two people the beast. Uh, for clawing. Some, yeah. Sometimes it's three. One for each hand. Somehow that I, don't, I have no idea how that works when there's three and he uses two hands. Like it doesn't make sense. He does a oh, swipe. Oh, he does a swipe. Yeah, the swipe. Which again. Yuck. Um, so then, is it at this point that, like, he kind of, like, sees the woman? Or no? He sees Turkish Lauren Graham. He, he's smitten he, right he's away. He's smitten right away, and she proceeds to stab him in the back and then in the no, chest. No, in the chest. Oh, yeah. No, she back stabs first. him in the back first and yes, then the chest. And then the chest. And then, she tur- then when he turns around, she goes to finish the job. Oh, did we talk about the uh, birthmark? No, we didn't. So oh, Christ. It's established. She discovers it. Yes. It's established early on in the film when King Solomon is still alive. That in the, on King Solomon's back, the woman that he has the affair with, which gives birth to the prince, notices, hey, that's a strange tattoo. He's like, it's actually a birthmark. All the men in my family are born with the same birthmark on their left shoulder. And it's a very, very well... Janky tattoo. Janky tattoo <laughs> of a lion. Janky tattoo of a lion. 
Yes, and so at this point, she sees, oh my god, he's got the tattoo. That's the thing my dad told me the about. The birthmark, the birthmark. The birthmark. That's the thing my dad told me about. This must be the guy raised by lions. So she if, saves yeah. him, because he's near on, death now. On her, she's on his side. Right. Yeah, instantly. It's like, oh my god, you're lion guy. Well, he would probably fight their cause, right? Which he does. Yeah, they bring him back. Um, old uh, turban guy sees him, and he's like, shit. This like, is exciting news. Oh my I'm god, you're this. the dude I abandoned in the woods 30 <laughs> years, or like from the looks of him, 42 years well, ago. I love, I love a little earlier, they're like, uh, once... Oh we, yeah, once we find the prince who was raised by lions, and it's like, how do you know he was raised by lions? And he wasn't eaten by I'm them. pretty sure he was eaten by lions <laughs> if you just left him in the woods as a baby. No, they were correct. Little, yeah, they're like, he's fine, he just got raised by lions, like... That's, cool. that's what happens, we've read Tarzan. He's alive. And yes. he was. Yeah. And then, uh, so what happens next, guys? Gosh, there's a bunch of shit that happens. Um, this is a very densely packed movie, despite its elongated fight scenes. Uh, isn't uh, Turkish Warren Graham teaching dude uh, how to speak? Uh, that's correct. Yeah. No, 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 that's that's still early on because right. at this point, this is when the treacherous uh, lady, Turkish Lauren Graham's friend, is like, "Oh my God, that's the lion guy! I'm gonna t- tell the prince." Well, I love this too. She's part of the resistance. This um, like the dancer, the private dancer. Uh, but she's like, I'm in love with, with the prince. And they're like, well, this is obviously a conundrum because the prince is keeping us oppressed and we are, like, rising up to fight his oppression. To it's you like being have in love forms. with Donald Trump Jr., basically. And I can't fight this feeling anymore. <laughs> he does well, stand very yeah, sexually. Yeah, there's betrayal on both sides. Isn't uh, the uh, Turkish... What are you guys calling her? Something Graham? Lauren Graham. Turkish Lauren Graham, you guys are calling. Isn't she pretending to be on she the was. bad guy's she's side? She's no longer doing not. that because she kind of outed herself by uh, luring. Exactly. Now the she's in danger. Out. But um, but this one is only coming out now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's betrayal a, on both sides. So it's a double betrayal. So, so, she, so she, she she tells yeah. Antoine. Um, they round them up pretty quick. Uh, this and is one Turkish of, Lauren Graham sneaks the, her out. Uh, this sneaks. is the first of many times that Turkish Lauren Graham and her father will need to be rescued because they're continuously abducted. And yes. they're, they're friends. We have uh, eyebrows, eyebrow eyebrows, best. and Turkish Vin Diesel. Turkish Vin Diesel. I love Turkish Vin Diesel. And then uh, the Turkish bass player for... Oh, uh, the bass player for the BTO cover band. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That it's was mine. I'm glad, I'm glad I, I came up with the Turkish <laughs> bass player for the BTO cover band. The whole entourage <laughs> The bass player for the Turkish BTO cover band, basically. <laughs> yes. Um, so they're continually, all five of them are captured about five or six times throughout the film, and then they have to be rescued. By Lion Man. And so, it's always like Antoine is like, all right, time to execute you. We're going to have a big ceremony. We're going to wait until the executed. last possible minute. <laughs> just, and it never works out. Yeah, because they're just like, all right, we're going to do it now. No one's going to come in and stop us. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Putting the sword up to their neck. Is anyone gonna come and stop? Oh, we got stopped. Oh no. Oh. We were so close this time, guys. It's, it's excellent plotting. We'll only have five more chances this movie. I loved it in that scene though, uh, in that last time he said it. It zooms out to Lion Lion Man's just blank face and gets like Does he even know what that means to execute? Oh, yeah, no, that was what I said, is that, like, he doesn't even know the word executed. Um, Either of them. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, at this point, so, 
So they're so the bad guys burst into where they've got so they got Lion Man in this like watery hut, um, and then Lauren Graham's like, no, we gotta put him on, put him back on the boat, and then like just push him out into like the tall grass where she leaves him, and then uh, then our traitorous woman comes back with the prince, and they see like, oh, he's not here. Where is she? And then. She's like, oh, she puts them out into the woods, and then they go out into the water and find he's not in the boat, and they're like, oh, that's weird. And so the they decide that Turkish Lauren Graham should be drowned. She must be strung up and lowered into the water. And like initially they say by the ankles so that she's lowered head first. However, when it actually comes around to doing it, she's lowered feet first with a weight below her feet. So she's like, dunked in and that out. The actress was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I am not doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, we never discussed this. You need to talk to my agent, otherwise. Um, so then. Uh, so what happens next? Oh yeah, so at this point, Turkish Star Wars, or Turkish Ian McShane, Lion Man, has like fully recovered. He also recovers really quickly from his wounds. I noticed he's like Wolverine in a yeah, lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah, like a feline Wolverine. Totally. Especially at the end of the movie. Um, so he um, he comes in like she. They do the old thing where like she gets dunked into the water. And then all of a sudden they pull up the rope and there's no one there. And then they cut to like way away and Turkish and Lion Man has got her like off to safety. And they're like, throw arrows and people jump into the water and chase them and pursue them. Um, and where do we go from there, guys? Back to the uh, hashtag resistance hut. Where, oh, yeah. um, where Turban, Turban fella. Head. Tur- Stop no, saying no. Turban that. Turban head is bad. Turban, Turban fella. Turban guy. That's Turban why guy. I like calling him tur- Turban fella. Turban man. Turban man is like, he's like, who is this person? She's like, it's the lion man. And he's like, seriously? And she's like, check out this shoulder birthmark. And she does. And he's like, oh my God, it is you. That's when she teaches him English. He yeah. learns how to arm, he Say water, arm wrestling guys. He learns how to arm wrestle. That's yeah, He first beats a uh, Turkish bass player for the BTO cover band in arm wrestling. Then he beats uh, Turkish, Turkish Vin, Diesel. Vin Diesel in kind of what looks like judo throwing because yeah, like this is the martial arts part of it this Vin is part Diesel of series. slash Vince Vaughn uh, um sorry what's his name Billy Zane Billy Zane right right the yeah the dude from live I don't know Turkish Billy Zane the dude from <laughs> live the singer from live <laughs> oh my god man that's a band that I never want to hear of again um not that there's anything wrong with them I was just not a fan wasn't it like the the placenta hits the floor isn't that a lyric that they do what I'm pretty sure that's I don't. true oh yeah that's from lightning crashes I think that's right oh my god they're, they're like not leaving anything to like the imagination with those lyrics this is about one thing one thing only um there is one so uh and if you can get me uh, a beer please so then we are where are we then so they're learning, and this is when they, like, interrupt. That's when the dude, sh- the prince and the guys show up. Is that true or no? Um, I think it's around this time where the prostitute... Not the prostitute. She's a dancer. We don't know if she's a prostitute. <laughs> she's a sex worker. Yeah, pretty much. She's like... Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, uh, if you give me your heart, and she's in jail at the moment. She's like, you if everything. you give me your heart, yes, um, I will tell you, tell you things. Are. Yeah. Um, and he gives her his heart really quickly. He, d- he does the thing where he's like, Make I would... Make it real or else forget about it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> nice little reference to uh, Smooth by Rob Thomas and Santana. Let's make it real or just forget about it. Uh, all right, needle drop. Yes, no, no. I'd rather quote Beyonce. <laughs> but it's a hard put one. Put a ring though. on it. Oh come on, that's enough, guys. Yes, where thank were you. we? Um, so um, they're in bed together, and she notices that he, well, apparently he's never been shirtless before. Yes, that's the first time. He, well, they, yeah, they never get that far. He takes the shirt off, and she's like, "Oh my god, you've got it too." And he's like, "Got what? I've never seen my own back before." He's like, and she's like, 
you've got the mark. You're also Solomon's son. And it's just like, oh, thank you, Lil. And um, it's just... It's, to his credit, he's immediately like, I'm on he's the like, side Holy of the crap. resistance. Wait, you mean, I'm a good guy? <laughs> I've got to, like, wait. I've got to, like, I must face, like, save the people. And then... They capture everybody somehow. There's like yeah, a big, yeah, big they, raid. They continue doing that. Yeah, and they bring him in. And at that point... Yeah, Antoine's figured out that it's his son. Uh, not no, not his because, son. Yes, because Antoine goes out and visits his son's oh. mother. And his mother says like, No, the mark on his shoulder, that means he is the son of Solomon. He is not your son at all. And then, uh, and then they arrange... We, Antoine doesn't know that he's the son of Solomon yet because remember there's that duel, the the double dagger duel between him and and Lion Man. Oh yeah, that's and, right. And it goes on and on and on. And at a certain point, uh, the the mother of Ant, of the prince shouts out, "Wait, he's your brother! You're both the sons of Solomon. You both have the birthmark." And then Lion Man checks him. He checks Lion Man, and all of a sudden it's just like, "Oh crap, we're brothers." Oh, I'm a good guy. Let's fight together. So they then, and then engage. Apparently, at this point, uh, the prince gains the lion man's ability to just like jump off of invisible oh, man, yeah. as trampolines. Soon, as soon as he becomes a good guy, he's like Super Mario. It's awesome. It's so good. I love like this movie is Super so Mario once again. Yeah, like this movie is so fun. And yeah, it really reminds me of like cartoons uh, of you know those you I know classic that, like stories. the Hercules cartoon where yeah, it the, feels uh, very much like yeah. it. Hercules, hero of song and story. Hercules, winner of ancient glory. Fighting for the right, fighting with his might. With the strength of ten ordinary men. Hercules, people are safe when near him. Hercules, only the evil fear him. Softness in his eyes, iron in his thighs. Virtue in his heart, fire in every part of the mighty. Um, so then there's a big epic fight scene and our heroes get all freed again by Lion Man and now the prince and now the prince and Lion Man are like brothers in arms it's kind of like recently Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes reunited um, a week ago in San Francisco New Japan <laughs> Pro Wrestling held their biggest show on American soil and in it the final the final match was uh, the dastardly Cody Rhodes challenging Canada's own Kenny Omega for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship hmm? the absolute goal yeah, and it was like the ultimate showdown. This has been building up for years. And Kenny Omega, after a grueling match, defeated Cody Rhodes. And at the end of it, Kenny Omega was attacked by some of his teammates, the the tag team, the Gorillas of Destiny, and their father, Haku, a very famous uh, wrestler from the 80s and 90s. And uh, the Gorillas of Destiny and Haku beat down Kenny Omega. They beat down the Young Bucks. They beat down Chase Owens. They beat down uh, Fujiyama Takahashi. They beat down uh, Hangman Page. They beat down Marty Skrull. And then at last, Cody Rhodes hobbled out after this grueling match he had with Kenny Omega. And the Gorillas of Destiny handed him a chair, and it's like, if you want to revenge, hit him right now. And Cody held up the chair, was about to hit Kenny, and then turned around and hit one of the Gorillas of Destiny. Oh, snap. Saving Kenny Omega. And granted, they he was too weakened, and the Gorillas of Destiny beat him down. They beat everyone up. But at the end of the night, um, Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes hugged in the middle of the ring. And Bullet Club is reunited. So, anyways, it's just like that, but in Tur- but in this Turkish kung fu movie. Did you get all that, listeners? I bet they did. Hashtag Kenny Omega for Prime Minister. 
Wow. <laughs> can't wait till Prime Minister Omega It'll makes be the his, best. his first cabinet. <laughs> the Bullet Club. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Bullet Club members. <laughs> Bullet Club members. <laughs> oh, so the leader of the official opposition, I'm going to hit you with my one-winged angel finisher. Let's see how you get out of that. Oh, I would I would actually love that if our politics... Like Chris was... Jericho's the opposition. <laughs> he would be. He is. He is Canadian, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so back to the film. So at this point, um, our heroes are, like, on the run, and they find this, like, little exit in a, uh, like, a manhole. And the only way to keep the bad guys from, like, coming down into the manhole is for our hero to hold the door, the manhole shut, much like his father Just did. Just like his father. And so, at this point, Turban Fella, the prince, uh, Turkish Lauren Graham, Eyebrows, Turkish Vin Diesel, and, uh, Turkish... <laughs> I and can't Turkish remember. B, uh, Turkish bass player for the BTO cover band. <laughs> I just can't wait to throw so many BTO, like, needle drops under this episode. Um, they, like, run off to safety while he holds the door shut. But the uh, goddamn Antoine comes and pours acid through the opening and it burns his hands to make them useless and then he He's stabs ruined. him. His hands are his life. He falls down, they carry him away, they get him off to safety. They have to split up and uh, Turban Fella brings him to this uh, what, what's the term? Turban Fella? Turban Fella. Turban Fella, that's the respectful oh, way we've decided to refer to this man. Yeah. He's not even wearing a turban at this point. No, no, but I'm still, he's, 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 he's dispensed with the turban. Well, for the sake of uh, knowing who we're talking about, that was good. Yeah, the turban fella. So the turban fella... He looks like he's a sultan, <laughs> like in another movie he could be a sultan easily. He's got the beard, he's got the he's got the width. Yeah, so the turban fella and some generic good guys take uh, Lion Man to the local blacksmith, who is also a doctor, while the prince, uh, Turkish Lauren Graham, uh, what's-his-face... Uh, eyebrows and Turkishman Diesel and BTO cover band bass player take him <laughs> take it would have been easier to learn our, their names but ca- we've, no. we've chosen our path we're sticking to it so they they are captured by the evil Antoine and they're going to be executed at dawn unless Lion Man chose his face could have just executed them ne- ne- like said like well, that's what we're going to do and then executed them anyways yeah. um, but, but instead, what did we get, guys? We got these really cool claws. Well, so, so, so first we mm-hmm. have the the second revenant um, yep. scene where they they heal him with mud, right. basically. Okay, I'll continue. And um, so they cover him in mud, but his hand is still. So he wakes up. He's all healed up from his with with the special mud powers, <laughs> but his hands are useless. He can't hold the sword. And this is where I noted his uh, speaking skills increase too. Oh yeah, they definitely oh, went from from me walk here, you hold door to to. Hello there. How well, are thank you. you. Is the doctor also a blacksmith? Because I'll you. need a blacksmith as well. Are you as good? <laughs> well, no. The actual quote was, "Are you as good a blacksmith as you are a doctor?" And then the blacksmith nodded. And he's like. Then I need you to make me two claw, a claw, set of claws for my hands that are bigger and stronger than a lion's claws. And he does it. And so our heroes are always... Those blacksmiths like, are like, okay, I know how to do yeah, that. Yeah, I totally yeah. <laughs> yeah, do that every weekend. It's like, you know, making a horseshoe. Um, so at this point, our heroes are strung up to poles, much like in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which again, they totally ripped this movie off. Um, oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, so at that point, Antoine, his evil guards, the evil what, priest... Who was Prince of Thieves directed by? That was a... What was a journeyman director? Was that a Ron Howard joint? No. It seems no. like it, though. It's very middle of the road. Yeah, it's by the same dude who also directed Waterworld. And... Oh, Christ. All right. 
And yeah. him and Kevin Costner had a big falling out after Wild World. Really? They basically, yeah, they basically fired him uh, mid-production, and then Kevin Costner took, took over. over. Yeah. I was actually going to watch it the other day, Waterworld, try to find it. You should, because here's the thing about Waterworld, is that, like, it... The <laughs> Dennis second, Hopper's awesome in that movie. Yeah, Dennis Hopper's awesome, and, like, that first that first opening act, like, the first third of the movie, is bonkers. Like, it is huge, it is big, it's all at sea. And then the second and third acts, they kind of fizzle out. <laughs> Kevin Costner takes over as the director. Oh my god, speaking of which, you guys remember Dennis Hopper and Mario Brothers? Oh yeah. As King Koopa, yeah. King Koopa, so yeah. yeah. Oh, there are outtakes out there somewhere. <laughs> Mario Brothers number three. With, uh, yeah. There's some amazing but articles about no well, Bob Hoskins so. could never live it down, apparently. I know, he didn't, was... he didn't understand what it was until his kid told him after he had finished shooting. <laughs> he's like, wait, it's a video game? What now? And then he saw, he's like, wait, this has got nothing to do with what I did. I'm a plumber that goes into a different dimension into this Blade Runner hellish underworld run by dinosaurs. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Whereas, like in the in the game, I'm like I'm a plumber that runs along a road, jumps on turtles, and then collects coins. <laughs> this makes no sense. In, in in the video games, not yeah. so much in the movies. No, it's my kind of Magic Kingdom, though. That movie is the uh, the main reason why Nintendo won't license out their products, their intellectual property. Although allegedly anymore. they're doing it again. They are starting to, but yeah. the reason why they've never done it again, they were why so, there was never a Zelda yeah. movie or anything like that, is because it hurt them movie. so bad. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah and the Double Dragon came around at the same time. That did not help things either. No, I, I think the only that good, was Capcom, of course. Yeah, but, yeah, the only good video game movie was Mortal Kombat, the first one. Uh, Street Fighter, excuse me. Street Fighter is awful. I, I'll argue that Silent Hill's not a bad... No, Silent Hill's good, too. But they hired... Guess what? They got a real screenwriter and a real director who actually knew what they were doing. Like, Christoph Gans. Uber Bowles listening to this being like... (laughs) In the name of the king was beautiful. I don't know. I would love to watch it again, but I remember liking it, Mario Brothers. I liked it, too. Um, and I... It's just not the video... It's it's not the video game. It's not... They shouldn't have called it Mario. I actually Brothers. don't know, but the, thing, the interesting thing is there was a tension between the directors because the directors on that film were a husband and wife team, and the who studio. Did the Max Headroom. Yeah, who did Max Headroom. And the thing is, the directors they had their specific vision of what they wanted to do, and they wanted it to be much more darker. Whereas the studio was like, "This is a movie for kids. Why are you making it dark? It shouldn't be dark." And I actually like I've gone back and watched parts of it. Like, but it has a level of it in there already. Like, it's got the darkness. I think. Oh no, I agree. Like, the darkness is good. Like, I actually like it. I kind of wish they did went full. But what, again, I, I would love to see it again. It's been a long time since I've seen it. We'll make that happen. No, I'm just saying, like... We could do a whole video game this month. I saw it in the theater. So did oh, I. Oh, God. I've ne- you have never quite seen the whole thing. Really? Yeah, I saw it in the fact. theaters. I saw it on video. I saw it on TV. Just the sight of, like, John Leguizamo with his... What are those? The braces that make him jump high? The, the stompers, as they call them. Because <laughs> that's how they incorporate jumping in the movie. Yeah. Um, so back to this movie... Um, we can talk about... Oh, yeah, that'd probably be a good idea. Yeah, we can talk about Mario the movie later on. Um, well, what I was going to say is... So, we are now at the climax. So, this is like... The Lion Man is revealed to have his claws. Deadly claws. He's he's climbing up uh, the walls just like lions yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just like lions can climb walls. <laughs> yeah, does whatever a Lion Man can. Um, and at this point... He's basically unstoppable. Oh, yeah. He's totally, like, impervious to everything. So at this point, he frees his brother. He frees his love. He frees his bass player. He frees his... His bass player. <laughs> his, <laughs> his eyebrows guy and his Vin Diesel. And they all fight off the entire crew together. 
the uh, the evil priest is killed. We should say that the evil priest is the one that forces the marriage on the mother of the prince. It's very uh, much like Prince of Thieves again. Where yeah, they, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like the thing is, you got to remember, like th- this was a hodgepodge of a lot of different. What I what I gather from this is that no one did any real research. They all just like you remember those stories that our ki- our grandparents used to tell us. Yeah, let's like make something out of that. And I actually like that. I pr- appreciate that more because. Like, like I said during it, I'm like, I don't remember in the Bible when King Solomon, you know, had his hands chopped off while his son got raised by lions. But that's, you know, they like, King Solomon, that sounds like a king. It's, it's interpretive. Yeah, it's interpretive. Um, and so, basically, there's a very long fight sequence where our heroes fight everyone off. Oh, he's on the Lion stairs Man, a lot, and Lion Man is yeah. like... Yeah. And then he finally, like, defeats the evil guy by chopping off his arm. Uh, Antoine, he chops off his arm. He has just a like final his... confrontation. It's very yeah. exciting. He first chops his sword in half. Yes. And Antoine with his doesn't, doesn't know what to do. Backs off. And then... Antoine, with the terrible, like... All they do for the uh, the aging of these actors is put this shitty gray Weird, into like, their hair. Like, a gel almost, yeah. yeah. Which makes it look like, like it... they have blue hair. Yeah, it looks like, looks like it would wash out the instant that rain touches it. Like, it's that kind of gel. Um... But anyway, so he confronts them, um, chops the sword in half, and then one by one by one, he chops his hands off, just like yes, just like his his father. And then he chases the the handless Antoine around. He punches through a brick wall that that might have been from like a local high school production it, of Grease. Cardboard. Yeah, rips him out, and then does this epic like throw, which throws him all the way out of the castle like it's three different edits it's pretty huge he throws him the guy becomes a fake dummy for one yeah, second like, like a Monty Python-esque like fake dummy thrown out of a window and then he lands on a rock and dies the rebel army arrives everybody cheers credits and that was the sword in the claw we missed the uh, the tree that he rips out of the ground oh my god that tree is awesome I love that tree I also love the anachronistic dogs on the leash. Oh yeah, they were all like you know like pets. Like there was like definitely like a uh, some chocolate labs and, a, and an Irish setter. They're like, oh, the bloodhounds are after us. It's like, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's like <laughs> these dogs just want to like roll around and have you pet their tummy. They've got the dogs after us. <laughs> Oh, this movie is great. They were certainly not the beasts that you're thinking are going to be unleashed. No, they're not Rottweilers. They're not, you know, pit bulls. It's, it's kind of like that part in Stand By Me where, like, there's, like, that myth of, like, chopper dog, and they find that chopper's a golden retriever in the junkyard. <sighs> golden retrievers Sandlot. are adorable. No, it was Stand By Me. Yeah, in the Sandlot, he's like a he's like a pit uh, no, a pit bull or a... Um, no, no, a bulldog. A bulldog, but that's bulldogs right. bulldogs are not scary. They're just, like... Kind of like well, they can be. I they're guess inbred. they're inbred. That's yeah. the problem. They're like they've been inbred so much to have those short faces. They don't live long. They've got like arthritis from the day they're born. They're like like glorified pugs, basically. Yeah, but pugs are glorified pit bull or glorified bulldogs. Ooh, oh, there you go. There's my hot take. Um, all right, guys. So we made it to the end of the film. Phil, what is your final thoughts on the sword and the claw? My final thoughts on the sword and the claw. It's um, it was fun, but it was also incredibly inept. Uh, and <laughs> like the fight scenes are pretty monotonous, but at the same time, mm-hmm. are very funny. And I do enjoy the hodgepodge. Yeah, hodgepodge is a good term for this film. Nature of this movie. Mm. So that's your final thought. So, Kit, what are your final thoughts on the uh, sword and the pretty claw? Pretty much in, green, uh, in agreement with Phil here. Um, the, yeah, the fight scenes, just to just to expand a little bit, like, as I was saying, like, when he's on the stair, and then he's got the bad guys, and at least 
it's it's at least ten bad guys in a row. One comes up to him, he grabs him by the face, tosses him off the stairs. Another <laughs> one comes up to him, he grabs him by the face, tosses him off the stairs. And this actually goes on for at least ten bad guys. It's it's like in the Flintstones when Fred is like confronting <laughs> a bunch of bad guys and he's got like a frying pan. He's like bing bang bing bang bang. He's like bing bang bosh bang boom boom like just knocking them all out one after the other. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 wonderfully campy in that sense. Um, yeah. I'm so glad that it wasn't an hour and forty <laughs> forty nine minutes. Forty nine minutes. <laughs> this is only an hour and twenty seven. Could yeah. not have like. There's no Ooh, way. Another twenty two minutes. How are we going to run? Well, that's the thing. Like I realized, like at, at like an hour and ten minutes, and I'm like, there's forty minutes left in this movie. I have no idea how they're going to do it. I, I groaned. I think I also, when you mentioned that. I also like because like I watched it. and I'm like, I don't recall it being longer. Like I'm like they're winding it down. This is like final act. Like for like the last chapter of the story. Um, but yeah, so any other final thoughts? Uh, that's about it. Um, I guess this ties into our martial arts series. Did we mention that? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it is. Okay. It's not as... Like, I don't know what martial arts we're practicing It's here. not as blatant. Like, I, I wanted to Except pick one that... Lion style. Yeah. It was sold as a martial arts movie. In fact, Kung Fu, Fung, Kung Fu Express Magazine called it the dirtiest fighting, which I don't think they even saw the movie. But the thing is, I wanted it's to tie it... mostly swords and stuff. I wanted to tie it in because, like, it's like, you know, there are so many films I've come across... Um, through VHS collecting or through just random DVDs that I find where it's like, this is like a, a classic Hong Kong Kung Fu martial arts movie. And then you, then you watch it and it's like, this is a South Korean religious drama. Um, <laughs> so I kind of wanted to include this one because it, it is fun. There's lots of action. And the, the, the star of the film, Kunyar Artkin, is allegedly a renowned martial artist. So that's why I wanted to show and, it. And a doctor. Yes, and a, and a medical doctor. And like, and this also breaks up like between... Because everything else has kind of been like sort of vanity projects with uh, Karate Warrior 6 and uh, Fatal Deviation. Sorry, Fatal Deviation. Fatal Deviation. And with our next film, uh, Dragon Hunt, which is the, um, the Canadian kung fu film, it's, it's back to that of like martial artists that want to make a movie. Um, although I do have to say, out of everything we've watched so far, I think this has been the most... How do I put it? Entertaining overall on purpose? On purpose? Yeah. I feel like we were entertained by things that... I don't know. But uh, but I... They were like, oh, the epic I'll, fight scenes, but we weren't enjoying the fight scenes in the in the way that I think because that but they no, but the thing is like the, like, the thing is how they made the fight scenes were like what I gather was sorry we gotta get to a little final thought. Fatal deviation was on purpose too, wasn't it? Well, they all want to be entertaining. Yes. I think we're entertained for different reasons than the filmmakers imagined, is yeah. all I'm saying. But I'll get to it later. So is that your final thought, though? That's it. Okay. Lillian, my darling, the Soviet Union's finest export, what are your final thoughts on this? I haven't said that in a while, and I wanted to bring it up again. Um, yeah, it was good. It, it was like it just felt so familiar um, because of the themes that were coming up and the way it was acted and everything. Um, I even like I mean just all the things we mentioned tonight when when we when we thought about it like Robin Hood and all that stuff um, I also thought of Narnia tonight mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. oh yeah you mentioned it and um, I don't know it was like yeah, neat who little who did you say was Aslan in this or no you said um, Edmund well yeah I mentioned Edmund, but Aslan is the lion, which is the former title of what this movie was supposed to be, right? The That's Lion right. Man? Aslan well, the something? The lion that raises, um, Lion Man? Do you remember what the title was supposed to be? And then they changed it to Sword in the Claw? Oh, 
the the original title was Lion Man. Yeah. Something Aslan. Yeah. Yes, yes it was. But no, that's not why I thought of Narnia. Anyway, um, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was good. Like, I, um, it was very, it showed everything, like, it showed all the, all the little plot lines and all the little things very well, and uh, it was entertaining. I do have to say, even though the editing wasn't sometimes up to snuff, the plotting of this film was quite up to snuff. Like, everything tied in together, every little hint that was dropped came back around, um, but yeah, so it was it was a fascinating situation. Kit, did your pen fall apart? It did, but I'm repairing it. Okay. Um, and for my final thought, like I I just love the fact that this movie has been restored. It's still looking rough because like this is from an actual like in circulation print, but like I love the fact that it exists. That there's like because I mean, for the lead actor in it, like he's always going to be known as Turkish Star Wars guy. Unfortunately. He's done 322... He's acted in 322 productions, but he's going to be Turkish Star Wars guy until he dies. But well, now... Now he's going to be known as... Lion um, Man. Or Turkish young Ian McShane. Yeah, according to our podcast. But I do... And I, and I think, like, this film is entertaining genuinely because, like, yes, the fight scenes are repetitive, and, like, the entire time where they're like, okay, how do we... They're not even, like, cut right. Like, the editing is yes. all over the place here. I do, I, I, it's uh, like, oh, uh, he, he's jumping down, but now he's, like, again, on top of the guy again. Again, that didn't really bother me because I I get I guess the Narnia feeling was like it's just this epic battle like it's just non you just but at least editing is good in out, right? Chronicles of the Narnia even even the BBC but, version but wait, the but wait, what, is good. I, what I would also say is we can't uh, we almost can't judge the editing of this because this is clearly the American like distributor like going oh, in and tweaking okay, it. Oh, okay, fair enough. But whoever did the editing for the cut that we saw, we saw yeah, it was kind of like it was very really haphazard. It was like cut to action, cut to action, cut to action. Like it was taking out the individual. It was taking out the. It was going from. A to D without B and C. That's correct. Yes. So, but my thing is, like, what what I love about this movie is, like, we even thought, like, oh, my God, like, he's, he's throwing more daggers. Like, that's so dumb. But it's, like, no, that's that's the guy being, like, you know what would be cool? What if I ziplined across here and I just chuck daggers at people? And everyone's, like, yeah, that'd be really cool. I, I didn't try to and aim we, them or anything like we, that. But they all find their targets. And then we watched and it. I'm not going very fast. <laughs> and then we watched it, and it was great. We enjoyed it. We, we liked it. Like, the thing is... These films, every time you meet one of these filmmakers, they all kind of realize when they get on set the first day, it's like, well, this isn't going to be exactly what I was hoping it would be, so let's like, let's embrace the silliness. Like, he rips I, I a tree out of the ground, uses it, it as a bat, and then throws it at someone. It's the worst-looking tree in the world, by the way. It's so fake-looking. he owns it, though. That's the thing. Like, he's totally, like, Or the, into uh, it. where they, they block the prisoners at the very uh, the final scene with a bunch of shields, and then he yes. punches through the shields yes. one by one. Yes, and, uh, yeah, exactly. It's just like, why did you introduce shields <laughs> if they're just going to be, like, destroyed instantly? And easily. He wasn't even throwing his fist that hard. It was just kind of like... It's the clear made of cardboard. It was like, oh, like, <laughs> his claw come back next year with some sheet metal, guys. Come on. <laughs> Try here. Um, but yeah, my final thought is it was a fun, entertaining movie. I'm so glad it exists. I'm so glad it's commercially available. I am glad you guys watched it and all enjoyed it. Um, to some, di- to different degrees, obviously, because we all have different tastes on this show. Um, and I'm glad that we got a chance to record again after, after almost a month. So... With that being said, we're going to be next, be back uh, hopefully next week with our final installment of the Kung Fu films from countries that don't produce Kung Fu films with the deadliest style, Canadian style, with Dragon Canada Hunt. Canada style. Canada style. Canada style. <laughs> Scarborough, Ontario. Yes. Handed down by the man himself, Pierre <laughs> Elliott Trudeau. That should be the name of a beer. 
Canadian style. Uh, yeah, so we'll be back next with the end of it. And then we're going on to something else, which I am excited for. We're going to be looking at films that I'm not entirely programming myself, but they come together prepackaged, and they're going to be... It's going to be interesting. We're going to be looking at something else. We're going to... So I'm looking forward to that. So well, you've been hinting at this, but uh, yeah. what is it? Um, we're going to be... It's going to be like a jumble? No, no. We're going to be diving into the American Horror Project. So the American Horror Project Volume 1, uh, they haven't released Volume 2 yet, is a project by Aero Video to, to dive into more regional and obscure horror films from the, from the American uh, independence of the 1970s and 1980s. Um, and these are films that, for whatever reason... Uh, do not have a wide release. So in the in the the first three we're going to watch are going to be uh, Methuselah's Carnival of Fear, The Witch Who Came In from the Sea, and Methuselah. That's a bl- biblical character you don't uh, mm-hmm. you don't hear a lot about. So we're we're gonna we're gonna get into some good stuff. We might even go down by Hybra video. video. We might even go into some Abel Ferreira. But then again, I'm always kind of like we should do Blood Rage and Pieces. Oh, Pieces. I love Pieces so is much. Is Blood Rage the Thanksgiving movie? Yes, Blood Rage is the Thanksgiving oh, movie. I, I would one. love to see Pieces since I haven't yet. You haven't seen Pieces? You know what? We'll put that... We'll do that after Dragon Hunt because I love that movie so much. <sighs> it's the best... Spa- it's the best movie set in Boston shot in Madrid you'll ever see. So with that being said... I've been Phil. I've been Kit. And I've been Lil. And I've been Graham saying, please be sure to rewind and we will see you next time. Please follow us on Death by Video Podcast on Facebook, Death by Video Podcast on Instagram, and Death by Video Pod on Twitter. And follow Twitter. us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and wherever fine podcasts and, are distributed. And check out our new Twitch stream coming out next month. Where me and Kit play video games. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be great. Uh, okay. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Constantinople, now it's Istanbul, now Constantinople, been a long time gone. Constantinople, now it's church delight on a moonlit night. Every gal in Constantinople lives in Istanbul, now Constantinople, so if you've a date in Constantinople, she'll be waiting in Istanbul. Even old New York was once New Amsterdam. Why they changed it, I can't say. People just liked it better that way. So take me back to Constantinople. No, you can't go back to Constantinople. Been a long time gone. Constantinople, why did Constantinople get the works? That's nobody's business but the Turks. Istanbul. New Amsterdam Why they changed it I can't say You just liked it better that way Istanbul is Constantinople Now it's Istanbul and Constantinople Been a long time gone and Constantinople Why did Constantinople get the works? That's nobody's this about the Turks No, you can't go back to Constantinople. Been a long time gone. Constantinople, why did Constantinople get the works? 
That's nobody's business but the Turks. Istanbul.